0: Thank you, Lord, today for the church as we meet together to sing and to lift up your name. And we also thank you for your word that comes to us and pray that you would uh, anoint Pastor Andy as he shares it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but um, uh, scrolling through my news feed uh, got me a little scared this week. This is some of what I read, trade war brewing with China, North Korea threatening war by testing ballistics, experts warn U.S. at risk of losing war with Russia. This of course was also the five-year anniversary of war between protesters and police in Ferguson, Missouri. Um, even a war on drugs, claiming the life of an Illinois state trooper in East St. Louis. War is taking place all over the world. Uh, Presently, there are armed conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Sudan, Nigeria, Somalia, Yemen, Israel, and many other places. Hundreds of thousands of people have died in the last decade because of war between human beings. War we see, albeit most of us from a distance, although some of us have seen it up close and personal. But the book of Ephesians, which we've been studying this month, speaks of a different kind of warfare. War in an unseen realm. Furthermore, a war that is is right right at our doorstep every single day. The Bible as a whole, but particularly this letter that Paul wrote to new Christians um, in and around the ancient city of Ephesus, which if you don't know your ancient uh, geography is in modern day Turkey, another place that is in some civil unrest and armed conflict with the threat of war. But Paul wrote to these Ephesians about an unseen war between spiritual forces, uh, a cosmic battle that we are all a part of, whether we know it or not. And that's, that's what we're gonna take a look at in our uh, time this morning today. Uh, so welcome. Uh, I'm so glad each of you are here in worship. My name is Andy. Uh, for those of you I haven't had the opportunity to meet, uh, you know, we've got an on-ramp uh, right after our final services today. It's kind of a newcomer, uh, first-time guest, uh, newer person orientation to the church, uh, lunch is included. If you have an RSVP, that's okay. I'd still love to have you come back at, at noon right up in the, the, the right above the kitchen. Uh, behind you, uh, so I'd l- love to meet you then, but, but uh, we've been winding up a message series on, on the letter to the Ephesians, the six-chapter book of the Bible, uh, a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, when he was imprisoned for his faith. Paul was literally in chains, and, and yet he was free in his relationship with God, and he was writing to encourage these early Christians to live a life um, in freedom with Christ also, to not become enslaved to the various prisons that we can still find ourselves in today. Um, enslaved to, to guilt, to uh, habits and attitudes and behaviors of our past, to uh, spiritual death, uh, and even to uh, living an upright and moral life without the foundation and experience of uh, of the love of God and a relationship with him. You know, all of these prisons are prisons that we've tackled in uh, this series so far, uh, uh, the series we've been calling "Prison Break," uh, but Paul didn't want uh, just want those uh, who he loved to get free in Christ. He wanted them to stay free in Christ. It, it's an alarming statistic in our uh, in our nation uh, prison system that between forty and forty five percent of all inmates freed from prison. Uh, end up returning to prison, uh, usually within a two to three year span of their release. You see, it's one thing to be freed. It's an entirely different thing to remain free. And in our passage today, which uh, Pastor Dan, our care pastor here at Troy UMC, uh, that he read, uh, Paul shares with us the means by which we can stay out of those prisons we can easily become enslaved to, so that there is no going back. And he teaches this to us within the context of this cosmic battle, a battle for uh, our very own freedom. Now, whether you've been aware of it or not, every passage that we've looked at in the last several weeks during this series in the the book of Ephesians uh, has had elements of this cosmic battle right there before us uh, that Paul is referring to. And in fact, every prison that we can get caught up in finds its its home in the unseen cosmic realm. And, and that makes sense um, when, when you really start thinking about it, right? It, when, when you're enslaved to your past uh, or you're spiritually dead uh, or you're imprisoned to a moralistic life without the experience of a loving relationship with God, then you're, you're not, you're not, um, actually in chains. You're not behind physical bars of a prison, but that doesn't make the prison any less real just because you can't see it, right? And the, the cosmic battle for our freedom is very real even though we can't easily see it taking place. Um, and all throughout his letter from prison, Paul talks about this unseen reality. Uh, let, let me refresh. Um, with some of the, the language from the past few weeks. And you can definitely open up your Bible. If you, you have it with you, you can thumb through it, kind of see some of these passages. They'll also appear on the screen. Uh, but, but right at the beginning of the letter, uh, Paul refers to this unseen reality. In verse 3, It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from where? In the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ. He goes on, even before God made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out onto us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son. And forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us. All along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ. A plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. A little bit uh, later, further down, verse 20. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. Uh, then uh, chapter two, uh, when I talked about the, the spiritual death that that we can that we're really born into that we're imprisoned to from from the beginning of our life, uh, a prison that Jesus set us free from. We we read in verse two. You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. A little further down, verse 6. For he, God, raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Now, Paul speaks about our enslavement to sin and our freedom in Christ completely and totally from a spiritual unseen cosmic reality. Uh, And and we're sometimes just so familiar with the language that it just goes right right over our heads. We don't even notice it. But just, I mean, we're enslaved by the evil one, the the commander of the powers of the unseen world. And by Jesus' death, he sets us free from this prison. And now Jesus is in the spiritual realm and at the right hand of God the Father, ruling over every heavenly power and authority. And, And this has always been God's plan. But according to what I just read, it's not the finality of his plan. It's not finished yet. No, that comes when Jesus' rule extends from the heavenly realm to the earthly realm also. And that hasn't totally happened yet. It started with Jesus coming the first time. It'll be finished when he comes again. But that hasn't happened yet. And so there's this cosmic battle being waged for our freedom. The spiritual freedom of all people. You and me everyone that we love uh, we even saw last week how the imprisoned life is like life in the dark and life in christ is life in the light the, this theme of of light and dark is is part of the unseen cosmic reality i mean i mean, think think about it the new life in christ is not literally a brighter life <laughs> um, and when you're living the old life it's not like there's this dark cloud Literally, that follows you around everywhere you go, although that would be a great indicator, wouldn't it? Uh, that, that'd be helpful to me. It's like, oh, I'm living in the old life. Look, there's the cloud again. Uh, but but, but there's, there's even more here about this cosmic battle. Uh, later in chapter 2, Paul makes it clear that this battle is not waged between flesh and blood. It's not waged between people groups. In, in the Old Testament, that, that was the case. The, the people of God saw as their enemies those who were not the people of God. Uh, the, the Jewish people saw Gentiles as their enemy, but no more. Through Jesus, his life, ministry, death, and resurrection, he brought peace between Jew and Gentile. Paul says that we are no longer enemies with each other, he, and he actually says this uh, clearly in verse 16 of chapter 2. He says, together is one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. Now there, there are actually several other examples of Paul kind of bringing to light this cosmic unseen reality throughout the rest of the book of Ephesians. Uh, but what I've shared um, I think is enough to lay a foundation for our passage that Pastor Dan uh, already read for us today. Uh, let's, let's walk through that together. Chapter six, uh, starting at verse 10. Paul says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord. I, I, I think it's really important. You can't do this on your own strength. It must be in union with Jesus. In the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Now, hear this. This is what we've been building up to. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. In other words, you will not return to those prisons that enslaved you in the past. Even though the attack comes, not not from people, but from wicked spiritual forces whose plan and agenda is to enslave you once more, you will have the ability through God's power to hold your ground, no going back. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news, the gospel, so that you will be fully prepared in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, um, I've, I, I'm not just someone who delivers message sermons from time to time. I also like to listen uh, to sermons and, and I've heard some really good ones on this passage. Uh, the ones that stick in my mind the most are the ones where somebody actually gets up there and is wearing armor, <laughs> like Roman armor, and, and starts putting it on and, and talking about each one. I'm not doing that. Uh, uh, just, just, just so you know, that's not coming. Uh, uh, but uh, but, but I do I do briefly want to mention uh, some of the aspects to each of these pieces of armor that, that Paul talks about, just, just in light of what we've learned from the rest of the book of Ephesians. Um, uh, we are, it's important to note that just as this battle is in the unseen cosmic reality, so, so the, the defenses that God gives us are also um, spiritual in nature. Uh, truth. Uh, what, what, what truth is our defense. Well, the passage doesn't directly specify, uh, but, but it makes most sense that it's the truth that Paul has spent so, so long already writing about uh, to us, the point of his letter overall, the truth that we're God's prized possession, that we belong to him, that God loves us, and he displayed this love primarily through Jesus and his, his death so that we might be set free from sin. Or maybe it's the truth that he's been communicating that we're already free from sin when we're in Christ. When the enemy attacks, we're to defend ourselves with the truth that God loves us, that we belong to him, and that we're already set free in Christ, so we don't need to be enslaved by that stuff. But we, we also defend ourselves by our righteous living, our righteousness, um, you might remember uh, from weeks past this this diagram, kind of a, uh, a diagram of the book of Ephesians and and its message, where the, the first half of the book, verses, uh, chapters one through three, are really uh, Paul's attempt to help us uh, know the amazing love of God and to experience that love for ourselves. And then built upon that foundation, the second uh, three chapters are really about how to live rightly, uh, built upon that foundation of Christ's love. And... And that second half focuses on that new way of life that God invites us to, a life of good, a life of right living. And Now, when we say no to the former way of things, our former way of life, when we say yes to the new life in Christ, when we put off the old and put on the new, when we do that, that's, that's defense against the enemy. Every time we put on the new, it's a great defense against the attack of the enemy. I mean, think about it. When we, when we continue to live the old way of life, and succumb to sin and temptation. It creates a foothold for the enemy to call us guilty. We've all experienced this. We've, we've, we've all experienced guilt when we fall short. And, and the truth is, we are guilty. I mean, we, 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 always, we, we continually fall short of the new life that God invites us to. But praise God, when, when we fall short, Jesus makes up the difference And we're supposed to live in that freedom in Christ. He sets us free from the guilt, the foothold of the enemy in our lives. Um, We we also have the defense of the gospel of peace. Uh, I I love the way another translation renders this. It says our shoes uh, should be the readiness to announce the good news, the gospel of peace. That's what we're to be about, the good news of peace, peace between us and God, that we're we're no longer enemies of God uh, because our sin has been forgiven. He sees us in the light of Christ, uh, but no longer are we enemies with one another. See, the attack of the enemy usually comes by, gosh, it comes by pitting us against each other in this world, And, and we fight the real cosmic battle when we fight for peace. Jesus said as much. I mean, the, the real enemy is spiritual. The real battle is cosmic. It's not against this nation or that faction or, or uh, our, our boss or our spouse um, or as much as I'd like to say, the cardinals. Uh, this, this <laughs> it's been a rough, rough couple of days for me. Uh, uh, this, this letter says, make peace, make peace with people for our enemy consists of unseen powers and principalities of wicked spiritual forces. Um, we also have the shield of faith. And What is faith? The Bible describes faith this way. To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for and certain of things we cannot see. We need faith to protect us against the fiery attack of the enemy. Uh, faith, Faith that Jesus is who he said he was and that he's sitting on the throne in the cosmic realm, even when we can't see it that he rules, that he's all-powerful, and that even in death, we will be raised with him. We need to proclaim our faith that we really do belong to God and that we really will be completely set free one day. That, that is a defense against the attack of the enemy. Furthermore, we're defended by our salvation. Uh, we, we're covered by the saving acts of Jesus Christ on our behalf. Nothing that, that we can do can save ourselves, so we just put on the, the, the helmet of salvation that says, Jesus took care of that, I don't have to. Uh, he has set us free, he is our protection. But of course, we also have uh, a, a piece of armor of defense that is also a weapon, the, the sword of the spirit. I love this. The sword the sword of God's word, Paul says. And we don't have to merely defend ourselves. We can fight back for ourselves and, and for others, for those that we love, for people that we know and people that we don't know. We can, we can fight back with God's word, which reveals, really reveals all of this other stuff. It reveals the truth. It reveals how to live a life of righteousness. It reveals the source of of the gospel of peace and of faith and where our salvation comes from. It's it's all in God's word. Uh, That is like the the best defense and the best attack all at once. Um, And and remember the purpose though. I I think this this is important to, to share. The purpose that you defend yourself and you fight back for yourself and others so that, it's so that, you don't go back. You don't go back to being enslaved any longer. No going back to the prisons that, that Jesus has set you free from. I mean, These are battles that need to be fought. Cosmic battles and, and yet everyday battles for your freedom. Um, but, but I, I, I want to conclude and wrap things up just with a little, just answering an important question that looms over us whenever we speak of war. Should we be afraid? I'm not going to lie, news of war in the world causes me a certain level of fear. Um, it's not so much fear for myself, um, but, but fear for my loved ones, uh, fear for the future, fear, fear for uh, people who are caught up in the midst of this fear for, uh, uh, fear for, for anyone who's on the front lines of that, those armed conflicts. But the cosmic battle, it's, it's, it's not quite as distant. It's not on a news feed, it's not out there in, in these foreign countries or, or places that we tend to avoid. It's right at our doorstep. It's it's everywhere we turn. And if we're not aware of it, it can sneak up on us. It's right there. It's taking place all around us. Should we fear? And can we be harmed? Should we be afraid of becoming a casualty of this war? Well, the nutshell answer is, um, well, yes and no. Uh, Yes, you should fear spiritual death apart from receiving the love of Jesus, uh, apart from receiving your identity as a child of God, which he offers to you and me and to every person freely, without cost. And without Christ, you are living in spiritual death and that should cause some level of fear. Uh, not, Not a paralyzing fear, but a fear that moves you to action action to laying down your life and receiving the grace that jesus offers you Um, and then then no you you do not need to fear then you see because of the cross you don't have to fear because because jesus defeated he disarmed the cosmic enemies uh, another letter that Paul wrote from, from prison, uh, uh, the letter to the Colossians, uh, puts it this way. He, he says this, uh, Paul does in Colossians 2, he said, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and he took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, I love this, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. When you are in Christ, you do not need to be afraid of the devil, of the powers and principalities of this unseen world because Jesus has disarmed them. Like the song we sang, nothing formed against us, no weapon formed against us shall stand. He achieve victory on the cross and you and I are free. Uh, at, at least we're free um, in, in the spiritual realm on, on a cosmic understanding uh, of a relationship with Christ. However, uh, although the war's outcome is already decided, the battleground these days is right here. It's right in our hearts every day. the the battle for your heart and mine and everyone on this world uh, that that we love, that battle is still ongoing. So yes, that's a bit of a scary prospect. It's clear from these passages that those enemies are not yet fully defeated. They're, They're still firing arrows. We're still under attack. They still pose a threat to you and to me, everyone that we love, they pose a threat to the church. They're attacking us. But we do not need to live in fear because as we've just read, God has equipped us for that battle. He's given us everything that we need. We have the armor of God. If we are in Christ, we have God's power readily available to us. Furthermore, we have God's promise that that. None of these spiritual forces of wickedness can keep us from God's love. In fact, nothing can. We don't even need to fear death because even death can't keep us from God's love. Let me share one one more passage uh, from another letter that Paul wrote. Uh, Fortunately, this one he didn't write from prison. Uh, But this is uh, the, the book of Romans, chapter eight. Paul says, for I am certain that nothing can separate us from his love. Neither death nor life, neither angels, nor other heavenly rulers or powers, neither the present nor the future, neither the world above nor the world below. There is nothing in all creation that will ever be able to separate us from the love of God, which is ours through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if you have been set free by your loving relationship with Jesus, if he is in your heart, if you've received his grace, the forgiveness of your sin, then you do not need to live and fear. You don't need to be afraid. Yeah, certainly be on your guard. Put on the full armor of God daily, but you don't have to be afraid. The battle is there. It's right at your door, but you have the power of God to stand firm in your strength so there is no going back to the way that it used to be. Praise God. Um, let's pray together. And ushers, you can, you can come forward. Prepare as I pray. Well, Father in heaven, I, I pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are in a battle for their lives. Thank you that, God, that you've set us free. Help us call upon your strength so that we never have to go back to those prisons again. And, and I just ask that, that you would give us the courage to stand up to the attack of our spiritual enemy, that we would have real love for one another, to stand back to back and fight for each other with the truth of your word and that we would cling to your promise that nothing, nothing we ever do, nothing ever done to us can ever separate us from your love. No no powers of hell, no, no schemes of man. And Lord, would you take these offerings and use them to continue making this a church community that does battle together on each other's behalf. We pray it all in the name of Jesus who rules over the spiritual realm and our hearts. It's in his name we pray.